Welcome to the Classroom Brew Podcast. The only podcast that combines teachers having an honest conversation over a couple of beers. Previously on Classroom Brew. How much of this do I share with my cooperating teachers? How much of this? Right. Like how, how do I, like do I communicate to my students that I'm having a hard time? Like what, what is it that, you know, what do you share in those moments? Yeah, absolutely. Classroom Brew is associated with hashtag TeacherPods. Be sure to check out other great teacher podcasts around the world today. But for now, let's start the show. Yeah. No, this is, I'm actually kind of excited too for this summer because I mentioned I've been doing U.S. and civics mm-hmm. this year, but next year I'm going to be doing U.S., probably one unit of civics and then AP psychology. Oh, wow. Which has never been offered before at my school. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited because I get I go to a PD that's somewhere in Illinois, and then there's actually an AP conference in Houston for like five or six days, something like that. And like my favorite comedian, well, one of my favorite comedians, Chris D'Elia, he's performing, and his last day in Houston is my last day in Houston. And I was like, this is perfect. I can go to this conference, go see this comedian, call it a day, nice. get trained and paid, and <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> it'll be awesome. <laughs> that's just my selfish like <laughs> look at it, but. What do you think? Ready? Yeah. Welcome back to Classroom Brew. This is episode 36 now, which is also featuring Sam. So welcome back again. Thanks. For you, (laughs) like two minutes or something like that. Uh, If you haven't already, please make sure you rate and review. Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Google Music, all those good things. We're on at Classroom Brew on Instagram and Twitter. You can also reach out to us on Facebook.com slash Classroom Brew or ClassroomBrew at gmail.com. It's really easy if you just Google us, and then all the hard work is done. So we left off, uh, for these guys it was last week, for us it was just a couple minutes ago, Mm -hmm. Um, but you were talking about disclosure and kind of dealing with loss uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of not just your personal life, but also students dealing with their own loss. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you had a very interesting experience where you just entered the school and you heard about some loss that a student went through. What happened with that that scenario right there? Yeah, so the the first... I want to say the first, within the first week or so, we learned of a student that had passed um, who was a junior, and I had juniors. Um, I never knew the student, but I think some of my students knew the student. So just kind of, at that point, I wasn't quite teaching yet, but, um, and wasn't quite, I wasn't quite sure like what my role would be then too. Mm-hmm. Um Luckily, no other students passed in the time that I was there. That was interesting to see that and kind of see like how classes just had to keep going, you know? Right, sure. Somehow. (laughs) Yeah. And some students who were closer to that person, um, I think were having a hard time. But yeah, um, some in my class. And so like by the end of like my teaching experience, like a lot of those same students were dealing with a bunch of other things like a sick parent or... Sure. whatever it was. Um, so that was really interesting to navigate classroom management in that way too, because like one student, like I had a policy of like no phones out 
in class, um, but I knew one student's mom was really sick. And so right, then, like, how do you kind of navigate that where, like, she's checking her phone a lot mm-hmm. because she's wanting to check on her mom or, like, you know, right. if there's an emergency or something like that. So we we kind of had to work out a system. Mm-hmm. Um, which oh, like which one-on-one, was one-on-one, you kind of... Yeah, took... like, I had a one-on-one okay. conversation with her. Like, I know that there's a circumstance and also I need to be consistent with this policy. Like, what can right. we do so that you feel supported and, like, we set up an example like there's still a good model for you know how the classroom should be right so we were able to kind of work that out but it's just tricky to have like i have students that on day one they're like well i have a kid and i got to talk to my babysitter and mm. I was like, oh shit and yeah you have, yeah i like the way you phrased it though i'll probably use that next year where i have to you're being transparent i have right. to be consistent with this policy what can i do to make sure i maintain that but also you feel supported i like that yeah what did, um, did you kind of uh, I just kind of, I, I phrased it way less eloquently than you did, no, but no. just open communication. That's yeah. what I was saying. So I have, I have a handful of students that they just say, I have to step out and mm-hmm. they, they have a certain look on their face. I know, okay, that's a babysitter issue. Mm. There's about one or two of them that I'm sure they abuse that, but right. uh, at the same time, I'm not going to take the time to, you know, micromanage those small moments. So, right. Absolutely. But no, I, I like the approach to that, that language. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, I didn't want to get too sidetracked on oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. And that's helpful to hear what other teachers do for me too. Like, how do I navigate this particular thing? Mm-hmm. And then dealing with loss and personal kind of like circumstances, my last week of student teaching, like the weekend before. So like I had, I, I ended on a Friday and that the previous weekend I found out that one of my old friends died. Oh, and sorry. so, um, that was really hard. We had been friends for a long time and like, like in a different city first and then in Chicago too. So like we knew each other for a while and I found out that it was suicide also. So it was just like a lot. And this person is also queer. This person is black, a person of color. Like one of my, like, even if we didn't see each other that much, like I still consider them family. Right. And so it was just like really hard to have that happen, like in general, but then like my last week of student teaching and then be like, okay, yeah. And like, how do I handle this? Um, I'm so out of it, but like, I need to finish this through, you know, I need to um, complete this thing. And um, even just so like we were kind of chatting at a professor that found out his father died while he was teaching. Yeah. And so you have to literally, and I don't, I don't know if you found out like in the moment when you were in the classroom, but you still have to find a way to cope and then show whether or not you like it as a good example, how to handle loss and grief, Mm -hmm. which is the hardest thing that any adult has or any human Mm -hmm. has to deal with. It's Mm -hmm. the hardest thing we do. Absolutely. So I can't even imagine at the the end of the year, what was kind of your strategy with like, did you disclose that to your mentor teacher, to your, Mm -hmm. your students? Like how open were you with that to kind of allow yourself to cope to mourn, but also to disclose to other people, this is what I'm going through as Mm -hmm. you tried to heal and maintain your professionalism. Absolutely. So I found out about my friend's death after school on that previous Friday. And so I kind of like, I had a lot to do that weekend, but I was able to take at least like one day, Mm -hmm. um, and gave myself that and, you know, just like had all the sad, like had a bunch of sadness, cry, you know, cried, got allow yourself to to go through this. But then I ended up having to kind of package that away for a while, mm-hmm. um, or I felt like I did because I needed to finish the week. Sure. Um, sure. I did end up telling my cooperating teachers uh, on that Monday that what was going on with me, and mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, you know, if I'm really out of it, this is why I'm going to finish strong. But like, just so you know, mm-hmm. I kind of wished, like, I wish that I had maybe in some ways, I don't know. That's the tricky part. Like, I didn't 
say that to any of my students. Okay. And I also wasn't teaching the whole week. Like I taught maybe till Wednesday anyway. And then then I was like finished. Yeah. So then I was finishing up grading and all that stuff. But I wonder, and I'm not going to try to uh, act like I understand the thinking behind it, but I wonder if part of it was your own self-preservation, um, which is necessary when you're trying to get through a moment like that, where it was just easier for your compartmentalization to not dive into that with your students, at least at that time. Definitely. Maybe if you'd have more time. I mean, I'm not sure, but definitely understand it from yeah. my rudimentary understanding of, of what <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that coping situation was for you. But absolutely it's understandable. No, I would say like definitely my experience aligns with what you're just saying. Like I felt like, okay, here's how I'm going to do this. I'm going to compartmentalize right. until I'm done with this big thing. Right. But part of me wishes that I had like shared with my students because mm-hmm. they had, or at least some of them had experienced loss already that year with that one student. And like, I think it was probably a suicide that people were very kind of like vague about Mm -hmm. how that student had died. And usually when that's the case, it's usually suicide, Mm -hmm. um, which was my experience too with my friend. So yeah, it was really tricky. But then the part of me also didn't want to, because I also think that like, I'm kind of the, I'm the adult in the room. And to me that comes with like a certain sense of both like power and like responsibility. Um, Hmm. That sounds very whatever, but, um, <laughs> like a Spider-Man quote. Yeah. Or right. <laughs> or like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that was tricky because I was holding the space in the room and I didn't want mm. to like fall apart in the room. So, right. but then part of me too, is I think people benefit from seeing adults modeling vulnerability also. Sure. So I don't know. I don't know in the future if I would have done something different mm-hmm. or what, but I think in that moment, I think I was, it was very much like a compartmentalizing mm-hmm. my emotions. Was there ever like a time, like I know I have some students that I could feel comfortable opening up about aspects of my life with, and there's some mm-hmm. that I do. Mm-hmm. Was there ever like a, a concern with not just general vulnerability, but like a concern that maybe there's a student out there that isn't my number one fan mm. and that might be used against you? Is that ever even in the back of your mind a concern or was this more a general, mm. I need to compartmentalize to you know, maintain self, uh, preservation. Yeah. I, I didn't, I, that concern, if I had it, it wasn't, I wasn't aware of it, Okay, but I could see that. And like I've shared with students, like, like when I was going, uh, doing the ed TPA, I was mm. like, y'all, I'm extremely stressed this week. I would right. really appreciate, you know, if we could really focus, you mm. know, and they were usually pretty responsive to that. But then part of me was worried that like s- certain students who maybe, didn't like me that much or whatever it was, um, mm-hmm. might do the opposite. Right. Of course, the difference being you're stressed and you're dealing with something they don't understand. Whereas mm-hmm. if it was vulnerability with loss and grief mm-hmm. and tough topics like suicide, taboo topics, that's maybe like, all right, hands off for that right. one. So I, I could definitely see that why it's more conscious and un- or in subconscious for those two different situations. But mm-hmm. um, That's true. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think the other reason is I like with that responsibility, I didn't want to feel like I was putting emotional labor onto my students, which I think just comes from a place of like maybe being a first child or, you know, something (laughs) like where I'm like, I need to take care of people. But I do wonder about what what are those boundaries? You know, how do you Mm -hmm. navigate those things where you want to model vulnerability, but you don't want to feel like your students aren't necessarily taking care of you? Sure. Um I could, from a, a, a teaching perspective, as well as you mentioned, you're the first, I'm the last of five. So mm. 
that is actually something that I'm not sure how much you buy into birth order. Yeah. But that is a thing because the firstborn, they want to be the, the protector, the one that, you know, carries a load. They don't want to burden them. The youngest, they want to be, well, at least for me, you don't want to burden your parents because they've already gone through it with, you mm. know, kids one through four. And so that's definitely something where you see your moment of, um, I don't want to say going to someone in need, like when you're in need, but uh, I, I tend to over analyze uh, my disclosure as, you know, putting that baggage on someone else. Mm-hmm, so I, mm-hmm. I definitely, I would buy into that, especially if you mentioned that you're a firstborn, but yeah, definitely. Not, not to get too psychoanalytical. <laughs> uh, this is like uh Dax Shepard's armchair expert podcast now. <laughs> like, great. <laughs> no, I, I, I do subscribe to like birth order stuff sometimes too, mm-hmm. or like certain aspects of it right. or yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely buy into it, especially yeah. when they're funny. Like, yeah. like, Oh, the middle child. Yeah, of course. Yep. Like that, that fits exactly <laughs> to my one sibling. <laughs> So in terms of like disclosure, because you mentioned you had a student that opened up to you, but you could kind of see that door kind of opening and they're exploring mm-hmm. themselves and feeling comfortable in the building, which is incredible. Like mm-hmm. I, that has to be such a, an amazing feeling in terms of because you identify as transgender. Mm-hmm. Did you have a moment when you felt I can disclose this to my students? I can bring mm-hmm. this into my persona as a teacher? Or was that something that you decided to kind of let it see itself through. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it was so tricky. I was like, actually, I think I pass a little bit differently now because I had surgery about four weeks before I started. So pass meaning the the way that you Um, are presented or seen. Yeah, that, that's a tricky word. Thank you for that. Um, and like, obviously for me, the goal isn't like passing, but, um, yeah, passing as like, in terms of like being gendered the way that I see myself got it in my case, like passing as male, Mm -hmm. um, or whatever it is. And we all pass in some way, you know, Mm -hmm. um, we all pass as something, but, um, so in that sense, like I was introduced as Mr. And which is like how I identify and it kind of went unquestioned. And so that was like a new experience for me to like not have my gender constantly being questioned in this way. Was that like a huh moment or was it like a, okay like yeah it was like huh it was both yeah <laughs> it was, it was totally maybe both. it went back and forth the, huh oh, oh huh, okay oh, yeah oh. and then it kind of huh. resonated it's still kind of sinking in i guess yeah no uh, definitely um i think at one point a student used she for me once hmm. and confused another student and then i was like huh that's interesting <laughs> and i like didn't address it at all because well, that's probably not going to happen again, so I'm just going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of this episode, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely felt like that. Yeah. Um, How did they navigate that scenario where there was a, a mistake with, like, did you have a moment to, like, establish, I know, like, there, there's one person with a program that I work with kind of in depth that they run a, ra- uh, a number of grants for mm-hmm. my school, and in his email signature, he utilizes pronouns, like he, mm. he labels that in there. Did you have a moment to kind of establish that with your students, either for students' sake or for your own kind of setting in terms of respect and openness and disclosure? Mm. So I didn't with okay. my students. I wish that I had at least introduced, because another kind of prefix, I guess, that I would go by is um, MX, which is like mix, which is like a gender neutral kind okay. of. You actually say it as as mix. I'm pretty sure. I've actually okay. never heard it pronounced, but yeah, <laughs> well, we heard it here first. It's yeah, mix. right. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Um, so I wish that I had at least had that conversation, but I didn't. And so there's definitely some regret there. I think, especially if it would have benefited some students. Mm. Um, but 
my frameworks and like belief systems and what I see as like acceptable did come out in my teaching. So like trying to use like gender neutral terms for certain things or Mm. like talking about authors that are queer and trans people of color, like using resources that are by like um, people who are trans or queer. Mm -hmm. Giving voice to people in history or society that maybe aren't recognized as being part of that. What's the word? culture yeah who maybe haven't had like certain exposure yeah absolutely yeah and that that are right like so that's probably a very novel element for these students to get that they may not have ever gotten Mm -hmm. had they not had you as a student teacher yeah no that is interesting and i think like i think actually it was interesting at one point a student who i really really liked used the word um faggot and i was like oh god I literally, like, two of them. And like what I, year is it? Like, yeah, right? Geez. And I just asked them, like, do you all know what that word means? And they were like, no. And I was like, really? Doesn't that usually come from ignorance, though? Like, that's very yeah. common. So. And so that, that's why I asked, because I didn't want to be like, oh, like, they're trying to be, like, bigoted or something. Sure. Because um, I had a relationship with these students, and, like, um, they had respect for me, I had respect for them, and, like... Mm-hmm. They're like, no. And I was like, it's actually a really derogatory term for gay people. And they were like, oh. And so, like, I never heard that word again. But, um, that's very, I feel like anyone, regardless of their relation to the use of a derogatory term, Mm -hmm. I feel like the initial reaction is, whoa, like, what did you just, like, come on, man. Like, it sounds like you took a very calm, cool, calm, and collected approach to it. And, Almost a teaching moment, which is for student teacher, very impressive. Thanks. Nicely done. Yeah, especially with my personal investment in that word. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I, yeah, I definitely, yeah. So that was interesting because I was like, it was definitely a moment for me too. Like, and it showed Mm -hmm. my own growth because I think prior, you know, a few, maybe several years ago or when I was like in an undergrad or something, like my immediate reaction would have been, you know, what the, like, never say that, you know, like, what are you doing? Yeah, you know, yeah. um, because I couldn't handle hearing that word. Mm. And so I think like my own growth around this has allowed me to, um, help create teachable moments for uh, like young people. Sure. Um, so that's kind of interesting, especially because it, it, there, I'm sure there's ebb and flow to, you know, your own actualization, realization of mm-hmm. who you are, which is, again, we're getting kind of armchair experty. Sorry, Dak <laughs> Shepard, but, um, I'm sure it's something that you, I don't want to say that you would have handled it any differently, but I'm sure it was the state of mind that you're in right now, because mm-hmm. who knows if you had, you know, been in a teaching position two years prior or two years later than we are now or two years in the future. Yeah. Uh, but even I'm just, it's, it's encouraging to see that we still have like enough people in the profession that are willing to take it from an academic approach mm-hmm. and they're incorporating themselves into their teaching instead of this, like, so like the last episode, two episodes ago, it was we're human too, mm. instead of just picturing them as these robots that fold up into the closet. And I just, it, it's encouraging to me. It's really fascinating to me to see where people, even though you didn't out, outright say, this is how I identify, mm-hmm. you didn't disclose that with students, it still found its way into who you are. And I'm sure, like you said, it became evident to your students, which is just, I just think it's really cool. And I'm sure it, it made a stronger bond Yeah, through those 14 weeks. Thanks. Yeah. No, I, I definitely felt like, yeah, I feel like that's one thing that I feel good about is like the tone that I set for what was acceptable in class and what wasn't Mm -hmm. around these things. Um, definitely. 
Well, that's yeah. the number one thing that students will remember. It's not what you taught them on March 14th. It's how did you make them feel? Mm, interesting. Yeah. When they're in the classroom. For sure. No, that's actually really cool to think about. Hey guys, it's Brian from the Lazy Teacher Podcast. Right now you're listening to a killer teacher pod. If you're digging what you're hearing now, you might also like the Lazy Teacher Podcast. We got tons of guests that come in. We're hitting topics of education, teaching, ranting, positive life choices. You're going to get a whole lot when you're checking in with the Lazy Teacher Podcast. Check out the show. We're on all the podcatchers, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Music. Hit that search bar up with the Lazy Teacher Podcast. You're not going to regret it. It's always awesome to hear your feedback. Shoot me an email, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at thelazyteacherpodcast.com. If you haven't called the voicemail line, now is a great time to do that. It's 619-TEACH-51. 619-TEACH-51. And don't forget to support all the teacher pods that are out there. Next time you're on your social media, check out hashtag teacher pods. You're going to love all the podcasts that we've grouped together. See ya! In terms of... There's like no no good way to transition. <laughs> uh, in, in terms of like, like you know, you have this experience behind you now, and now you can start to look toward the future. Do you kind of know generally, like, like are you going to go for like a middle school, for a high school? What's like the subject area you want to go into? What's like your dream job? Like, what would that mm-hmm. kind of look like right now? And then your reality job. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so I don't have a job uh, at this point. Well, I did. Yet. Yes, yes yet. Um, I did interview for to get into the sub pool. Um, okay. So it's hopefully, yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe I can get even a few days in before the end of the school year, which would be really cool. Mm-hmm. That's um, like a job interview right there. Yeah, totally. Um, so that would be awesome if that could happen. Um, so mm-hmm. that's currently in process. But dr- I think dream job would be like probably a school like the one I was at, um, neighborhood school, racially, ethnically diverse neighborhood, Mm -hmm. different kinds of programs. The thing I loved about my school was that like, it wasn't diverse in the way that like, sometimes people use the word diverse where it's like, people say it's a diverse school, but it's like 98% black or 98%, you know, whatever. They're thinking diverse for me. Yeah, exactly. Sure. But like, um, which, you know, would also be cool. But then the school I was at was like 30% Asian American, like 20, you know, 20%, whatever. Like it was like, there's no big chunk of the pie. That's one, one uh, race or ethnicity or the other. Definitely. That does sound awesome though. Cause you would learn something every single day. Mm -hmm, Guaranteed. mm -hmm. Like I already do. Yeah, no, that's (laughs) great. And like the way that I'm thinking about it is that like, so I identify as Asian American and I think it, I think it was important for students to see, and, and I'm also like biracial, so I'm like often read in other ways than how I identify sometimes. Gotcha. So like, that's like, uh, do you know the YouTuber Noel Miller? Uh, no, I don't. So Noel Miller, he has not said ever, and people are always trying to guess because like mm. they have no clue what he is. And he's like, I'm just gonna ride this out. So it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think yeah, absolutely. So I think like, I don't know if this was the case, but students may have connected with me on another level in terms of like racial ambiguity or like um, being Asian American or whatever it was and like having a parent, an immigrant parent, which, yeah. So that was interesting. And so I feel like I would love to be able to teach at a school where there was maybe like, it's not like a, what's it called? Um, Like it has to be this way. 
but sure, it'd sure. be cool um, if that were right. the case. Bonus. Yeah, yeah. An awesome bonus that you would prefer to have. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be cool. Um, the other thing about the school I was at, which um, I've been thinking about more and more, I, so a large chunk of the population um, was Arab American and Muslim. Okay. And I'm thinking about like the ways that these particular identities like affect that particular population as well. Just um, mm-hmm. around like other kinds of like racial stereotypes around um, a group collected that they identify with. Maybe they're more comfortable to explore that. I might have jumped too fast. Oh yeah. No, I also <laughs> kind of jumped. Um, yeah. Or like how, what are the ways that I can support? Um, because I think there's like a particular, like I think Muslim students are particularly targeted right now too. Oh, um, and so like, what are the ways that, you know, I can explore supporting particular populations. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I kind of like took a leap there, but um, <laughs> I like that. It was good. changed the direction of the conversation. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I was just thinking about that and like, you know, along this idea of like identity and, and all this stuff. But um, yeah, what are the ways that I can like support students um, who might be experiencing certain things like Islamophobia or whatever it is? So mm. um yeah, I've just been thinking about that. I saw this play that like actually it was cool. My one of my former students now invited me to cuz they were in it. Um oh, nice. But yeah, it was a play like a a play that um it was all teens who hmm. were the performers. Um and it was just like co- a collection of stories um around like people from immigrant families and like the ways that like immigration and like all these different things, um, sort of impact people's lives. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was so powerful. And one of the stories was about, um, like a, a Muslim young person who was basically like a refugee, um, from Damascus. And like, it just, yeah, it just made me think about like, like, first of all, I was like bawling my eyes out because I was just like, oh my God, like you went through three years of like, you know, moving from place to place, like mm-hmm. half of your family died, like all this stuff, you it's know, like the first time you read Persepolis on the yeah. Iranian revolution, like, oh my God, it's so powerful. And it's a graphic novel. And yeah. you have a play in front of you where emotion is very prominent. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. That whole play was like that. Mm-hmm. about different things. So this was at the school or it was outside of the school? It was outside of the school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But then my student was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's such an honor to be invited. Like as a yeah. student teacher, especially to be invited to that. That's it was, I was like, wow, thanks. <laughs> um, probably one of the highlights, right? Yeah, definitely a highlight. It was after I was done student teaching, but like, I'm, yeah, I'm so glad that I went. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just made me think about like, w- like what actually matters in the classroom. You know, Mm -hmm. like all these students, like they could have this particular background, um, have had these experiences, like very like traumatic experiences. And like, I'm teaching about like Louis the 16th, you know, like, it's like, (laughs) like, who who gives a shit care, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, um, so just, it really kind of shocked me into like, okay, like every moment counts. Right. And that's almost the, the point when I... Because the big thing is, oh, everyone's annoyed that social studies is being used for literacy. Mm-hmm. I've almost become okay with it because that's where I feel I get the most teaching rather than just anyone can stand up there and lecture about, you know, what happened on December 7th, 1941. Mm-hmm. But 
actually taking the time to analyze things or to incorporate the human experience into it mm-hmm. that like you said like sure we have to abide by common core and the illinois social study standards and make sure that every student is getting these certain benchmarks and measuring growth and proficiency but at the end of the day like you said what's actually important for this developing human mm-hmm. not a student right that is such a good point yeah yeah <laughs> on, that note. on that note yeah well do you, do you want to do a quick refill and then we'll pick back up to i forgot what else we were going to cover i got notes on it though oh sure yeah okay all right so for everyone that's listening in this was episode 36 now we're doing like a marathon here this is kind of cool episode 36 featuring sam if you haven't already make sure you rate and review subscribe all those good things at classroom brew on your favorite social media as well as the hashtag for classroom brew hashtag two pods a day hashtag teacher pods if you'd like to reach out to us we are classroombrew at gmail.com all those good things check us out on apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, itunes stitcher radio Sam, I'll see you in a couple minutes. For you guys, it'll be next week. Sorry for the cliffhanger, but that's how I keep my viewers captivated. So until next time, class dismissed.